Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to another Tuesday night edition of the Boiler Express podcast. Obviously, since you hear my voice, uh, we're a little different crew tonight. Uh, Damon's out with some family things this week, so uh, thoughts and prayers are with him. And uh, Chris is out. Uh, what's his excuse this week, Dylan? He's got a headache. He is a headache, so I don't know what his yeah. excuse is. Yeah, a little dirt in some spot that he can't it's rub like it out. like he has a kid it. and a wife and a family that yeah, he has. I don't know. Some wah, 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 wah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Says anyway, the guy so, who has no kids. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as always, um, you know, we're still partnered with uh, Big Banter, um, doing some good things over there, some good collaborations. Um, we're also brought to you by Martin Vintage. Uh, go check out some of their cool shirts and stuff they got over there. Use the code BXP at checkout for 10% off. Also, follow them on Twitter. Um, sometimes they run some better deals even than that uh, and got some new stuff on there. So, um, Also, check out CBB Analytics, uh, our latest uh, partner. Uh, Frank's got a setup with them uh, for a special uh, premier membership. Um, they got a lot of in-depth stats. Um, if you ever want to see what it looks like to look inside, Fra- inside Frank's brain, go check that out. Um, you'll, you'll be able to see it. It's kind of like that. The Zach Galvanakis uh, gif where all the numbers are going through in the air and stuff like that. So. That's that's what my face is when Frank starts rolling off stats, and I'm just like, okay, right. What? Well, and right, you, can, right. you can actually get an account just for Purdue stats. Uh, oh, really? At no cost as well. Very true. Yeah. Very true. That's right. So uh, yeah, go check them out. And then uh, Cincy Blitzboard, of course. Um, as I got one behind me here, uh, great tailgate game, uh, backyard game. Put it in the house on your coffee table game. Uh, a lot of fun there. Baptisms. Uh, baptisms. Um, our mitzvahs, birthday parties. That's top sellers as bat mitzvahs. Yeah, yeah. Funerals are supposed to be a party too, you know, celebrate. The, <laughs> hey, celebrate if the I die funeral. young, if I die before you guys, hey. Russ, maybe not your old, and it's not oh. a party full of blitz boards, I'm going to be upset. Okay, got you. I got you. <laughs> Bury me. We're gonna. We're gonna I'm going to go through your house and rip them all down and be like, you, it's for you a guys good called my mother and be like, this he is wanted what this. Wanted. Like, Mrs. Coon, this is what Dylan wanted for his, for his uh, funeral. But yeah, they're doing a lot of great things over there. Um, a lot of great designs. They'll work with you um, as they did with mine. Um, a lot of good back and forth. They want to make sure that you're happy. They with didn't the do everything for yours that we told them to do. That's true. That's true. We, we wanted the... them to put Russ as old, and they didn't do it. And that's thankfully. Very upset. thankfully but other yeah. than that, they're great people. <laughs> I gotta go pick up piece. another one. I don't hey, think my brother watches the podcast. I made him. I got one for him made for Christmas. And I gotta go pick what? that up. What's up, Coming Cody? Here, Cody. Good evening, hey, fellas. Cody. Good evening, he hung Cody. out. He hung out for the late start tonight. Appreciate it. Totally up late. We we got to go to his um, wedding too. By the by the way, boys. Oh, that's true. I'm going to his wedding. You know, he doesn't know what he signed up for, but yeah, yeah. Cody, is it a dry wedding? If it's a dry wedding, I may not. I'm just kidding. Whoa. (laughs) Um. So I kind of hinted at Frank before we came on. I I had a question. You didn't hear this, Dylan, but I have a question. It's kind of a generic sports question. Before we get into the Purdue stuff of the week and what's coming up, um, if you guys haven't followed college football as a whole there's a couple semi-controversial things in a couple of the biggest awards and biggest stages on college football one was the college football playoff right we had florida state get left out even though they were undefeated as a power five champ um, and two teams with one loss got in over an undefeated team then you have the heisman race right you had was it jane jane daniels says name frank 
Uh, Jaden McDaniels, I believe. Yeah, the LSU quarterback. Yeah, um, who they went, I think, I believe nine and three. Um, and he had he had some decent passing stats. I think he was behind Penix and Bo Nix on passing, but then he had eleven hundred yards rushing and some rushing touchdowns. So there's a couple things going on there, right? So you have Florida State that went undefeated on the field, right? They had the numbers, they had a a good strength of schedule and good strength of rank, at least not strength of schedule, but strength of rank. Um, and then you have you know, two teams with the loss good in over them. But then you have Jaden Daniels, who's like the stat king, right? He filled up the stat sheet, but his team went nine and three. But somehow he wins the Heisman over a guy that's in the the playoff and another guy that, you know, he was they lost their conference championship game and just missed the playoff. So my question to you all, um, and we I guess we can start with Frank and then and then Dylan, you want to chime in, is when it comes to awards, when it comes to because um, Purdue fans actually experienced this last year with the wide receiver of the year in Big Ten, right? You had Chuck Sizzle, who had more yards, more receptions, more touchdowns than Marvin Harrison Jr., but Marvin Harris Jr. wins the award because the argument was, well, yeah, but Marvin Harris Jr. is going to be a, he's going to be a top five NFL draft pick. He's the better receiver. So my question to you, to finally get there, is when it comes to awards like that, when you're talking about an MVP award or you're talking about what team should get in the playoff, does it matter more – what was actually done on the field? Like, what stats did you put up? What What was your win loss total? Or does it matter saying, you know, this player was the best player, though, right? Because, like, it's true. Sometimes the best player, maybe they didn't play the full game. You know, maybe like especially defensively, sometimes the best cornerback doesn't put up the most interceptions or most pass deflections because teams just don't throw at them, so they don't have the stats. So, does it matter more to have the stats and have that that performance on the field? Or to sit there and say, yeah, they might have dropped that game. Or, yeah, he might have had the best stats, but he was the best player. What do you think, Frank? I mean, I think you know uh, where I'm going to go with this. I like I like the stats. I like the quantifiable. I like the measurable aspect. Um, you know, but in terms of whether or not it comes down to winning, like we see in the case of, of, uh, of Jaden Daniel, I mean, it, it, like Painter talked about this last year, and I honestly forget what the context was. Someone was snuffed out of out of Big Ten, all first team Big Ten, and he said, "Well, you know, when he votes for these types of things, he looks at did they win or did they not." Uh, and I, I actually disagree with that. I think that the product on the court or the product on the field from an individual player level is what should matter most in these types of player um, competitions, these player rankings. And I think you know, win loss should be kind of left out of that. I mean, and, and, you know, people are already talking about NBA MVP and that kind of stuff. And it seems to always correlate with the, not the player who plays the best, but the player who plays the best on the team that wins the most games. And I, and I don't agree with that personally. So my take is the, the, the product on the court, the product on the field, regardless of win loss and regardless of, you know, a couple of bad games, it should be the, the measurable aspect. Yeah. I mean, Frank really, as always, got it the right what i wanted to say no i'm just kidding uh no i think stats for sure i think that's what separates you know the great players from even the good players or the good players from the, the not so good players um so i think it's definitely going to be a stats driven thing um you know of course i think in college it's tricky because if you're you know an alabama quarterback and three of your games are against opponents who aren't as competitive as who they normally play and they pull that quarterback at halftime. So they kind of miss out on some, some time for, for, uh, to pad the stats, but no, I think it should be a, a 
statistical. Look at that. Nailed it first try. Ooh. Ooh. Dropping Whoa. the big words tonight, boys. Uh, I got a good night's rest. We're firing on all cylinders. Uh, but no, yeah, it's definitely should be a stats driven deal. So I'm going to, I know I gave two options. I'm going to kind of, to cheat, I'm going to split the difference between the two options because I do lean, as you all said, I do lean more to the stats side of things. Like I do lean more towards, it still matters what you do on the field, right? Like that's why you play the games, you know, right? Like that's big, that's a big Florida state argument is, well, what was the point of playing the game? If Alabama didn't win the game, right? They, they lost to Texas. If Texas lost to Oklahoma, but Florida State went undefeated, but you're still going to say those other two teams are the better team, even though they have a loss, like then, then why are you playing the game? Why don't we play like two or three games in the regular season and then just start the playoff or start a tournament? Because it doesn't matter the results, right? Like it doesn't matter that Florida State went undefeated. So I agree with that. And same with like Charlie Jones last year. He should have won wide receiver of the year in the Big Ten because he was out there. He put the stats up. But when it comes to individual words like that, I do think there needs to be some context with the team, right? Because you can have stat sheet stuffers on on low-level teams that, like, maybe they're the only decent dude on that team, so they're going to go shoot 40 shots a game. Well, yeah, they're going to get some buckets to go in, and they're going to score some points, right? Like, for example, look at Alabama-Purdue, right? Mark Sears put up a great statistical game, but was he as efficient as Edie or Braden Smith even? Especially in the second half? I, I would argue no. So just because you tell you stat, here in just a second, just because you stuff the stat sheet doesn't necessarily mean you're the better player. And especially if you're the quarterback position, like you're talking about Jane Daniels versus like a Michael Penix Jr. It's still it still should wait some that your team went undefeated as the quarterback. You led your team to an undefeated season versus the LSU quarterback that literally quarterbacked them to a loss to Florida State who got left out of the playoff. For sure. Right. You're part of you're part of why you said Florida State was weak and couldn't make the playoff. So. That's that's kind of where I stand on it. Favoritism, I feel like, plays in it too. Like the the blue bloods, if, if you're a player to blue blood, like an Alabama or a you know Duke of basketball, you definitely get a head start more than if you're a lower level uh, team. So you you definitely, I mean, and you got to think, you know, the Alabamas and the Dukes get more airtime, they get more time on the bigger stages, so they definitely do have a head start beyond if you're playing for you know a bottom tier team and really any conference so yeah no there, there definitely is a favoritism to it too well dylan i'm glad you brought up blue bloods i'm glad Ooh, you brought up favoritism look at me um i didn't i didn't didn't plan on having this uh having this conversation at this part but let's go ahead and have it right now um let's go let a rip purdue played alabama purdue played alabama so a couple major storylines here one was alabama shooting 72% of their shots were three-point shots. Um, and as of Saturday, uh, I looked at 3,300 team performances uh, across all college basketball That's games this lot. season. That was the highest. That was the highest this season. 72% of their shots were from three. It was not the highest in terms of three points attempted per game or in a single game, but it was the highest attempt rate. And that, that adjusts for, for pace, which is why I looked at it that way. Um, so another, another big storyline from that has been a lot of conversation. There's been some talking heads that have even come out and said, Zach Eady is not officiated fairly. And I'm going to, I'm going to read you here a direct quote from Nate Oates from his radio show last night. Zach Eady had three fouls. Our total front court had 14 fouls when it was officiated the way it was officiated. He's almost impossible to guard. So Russ, 
I'll let you uh, let you lead us off. What do you think? What do you think? Is Zach Eady fairly officiated? And if not, how do you fairly officiate him? <laughs> Everyone Damon, beat up this. I, I agree. Yeah, he's he's just tall. Like like our our guy Damon said, Zach Eady's just tall. That's really what it is. And there's oh. nothing fair about it. We have a question here from Cody, real quick. I have two questions for Frank. How many times is the winner of the Maui Invitational went on to win the national championship? What's the record against Arizona in basketball? Those are two coming very right good up. questions. Coming okay. right up. Cody. While Frank uh, gets that, I'll go ahead and answer the question. So, is Zach Eady officiated fairly? The, the Nate Oates comment is is fairly ironic, considering you just mentioned in that that talk there that statement you made that they took over 70% of their shots from behind the three-point arc. Well, last I checked, Zach Eady doesn't spend a lot of time out there on defense. So if you're not going to go attack him, and you're not going to take the ball at the rim, right, and you're not going to score through your bigs, you're just going to be chucking up shots with Mark Sears out there, how do you expect to get him in foul trouble? Yeah. You know, and on top of that, if you watch the way Zach Eady plays defensively, he, he does his best to not get himself in foul trouble. Right. And we're actually, we do it similarly with Braden Smith, right? Braden Smith is not the kind of guy that we put on the other team's best defender. And I don't think it's necessarily, you know, a, a negative on his defensive ability to do that. It's the fact that we know we need him on offense. He's very critical and we need him to play 30 plus minutes. So we can't get him in foul trouble. So that's kind of the style we play. Whereas other teams, they're going to play that style where they're going to get up in your face, they're going to pressure us. Because that's all the that's the narrative around Purdue basketball, right? Is you press us, you pressure our guards. Our guards can't handle the pressure. If you can't let them get in the post, then we're not going to be effective on offense. So they just play us physical as heck. And then when Edie does get the ball, they just throw dudes at him. They double team him. They triple team him. They throw dudes at him, and that brings a lot of fouls because Edie's still going to try to take it through you and dunk it. We've seen it a lot this year, especially he dunks on it like it's a play school hoop. And if you're in the way, it's still a foul even if he dunks it. And look at his arms. I mean, do you not does does anybody not see the scars on I was talking to my Uncle Vern, shout out Uncle Vern, who like watches a good amount of basketball and he's like, I noticed the scars on Zach Eady's arms. I'm like, Yeah, dude, like dudes are mugging him in the paint. Like he he gets mugged when he gets near the rim. And so the scar and there's one, I don't know, it may not be from basketball, but there's one on his its left arm that is like one of the biggest scars I've ever seen. So, like, dude takes a beating down in the paint for sure. It's actually, like, three foot long. He's just so tall. (laughs) For any of us, it would be like, oh, my God. But on him, it's like, oh, it's just a little scar. (laughs) Frank, what you got, big dog? Uh, So, uh, I guess the uh, there's a caveat here. So, the record against Arizona, Purdue is six and five all-time against Arizona. Nice. In terms of Maui Invitational, Kansas won it in 2019. Mm, I hate Kansas. Um, but I don't know. So I don't know if that was the 2019-2020 where there wasn't um, where, where there wasn't a tournament. Um, so I'll have to go back a little bit a little bit further and look at that. But it's it's if not, if it wasn't that year, it's been a while. It's been Kansas a while. Is one of those yeah, and, and 2020 is the year Baylor declared themselves national champions, right? Because they were going to be <laughs> the, they pulled yeah. a UCF yeah. football. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to look into the types of plays and the types of shots, according to Synergy Sports, that Zach Eady has been defending mostly this type there throughout the season so far. 55% of the time on defense, he is defending a spot up shot. And by spot up, we're talking a no dribble jumper uh, or someone driving left or right. 26% of the time, he is defending a pick and roll roll man. And so you immediately assume, okay, he's defending a guy rolling to the rim. Lots of opportunities for a foul there. However, 
when you break that number apart, 93 of those rolled men are in pick and pop situations. Okay. Now when we look at how often is Zach ED guarding post-ups 9.8% of the time this season. That's it. And then you look at how teams try to attack Zach ED defensively. They try to pull him out of the paint. So you can't try to pull ED out of the paint and then complain that he's not getting fouls. If that's your game plan. I, I mean, so offensively people always say like he's throwing elbows he's throwing elbows he gets away with all these elbows send me a clip please because i've looked for it Ooh, and i just hey, don't frank see just it. told y'all to like and, and, and i will I, I will sit right here and i will say i was wrong he gets away with 10 fouls a game uh but but send them to me and i feel like it's something that people just repeat over and over and over again because they see it on twitter but no one it, it's not actually real kind of like matt painter can't adjust right like everyone says that on twitter because they see it on twitter but like no one can actually can actually low hanging fruit Mm-hmm. Yeah, so everyone says he gets away with he, he camps the paint. I'm embarrassed to say I went back and rewatched that game. I watched him on every possession. He, I mean, does he ride the line on that three seconds? Sure, but he doesn't camp for five or eight seconds like other other mm-hmm. uh, fans, you know, say that he does. It, if it you just, get one foot outside the paint and you lift up the foot that was in the paint, that resets it every time. That's 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 so, what's called two nine. Now he's very slick in how he two nines. He's very very slick in how he two nines, but he's very very good at it. And so I think people want to believe that Zach Eady's not great. He's not very good. It's like the referees have it out for her. the referees are just don't like the other school and Purdue's paying him off. And Zach Eady's not good. He's that's he's just hilarious. tall. But it it it's because that's what people want to believe. They want to believe that like LeBron James isn't that great. He just gets all the calls right because it's it's kind of fun to like feel like you're you're being victimized by the referees. But it's just. Like, come on, man. I mean, I, I lost a lot of respect for Nato. So I lost a lot of respect for Chris Beard when he did that against the Texas game. They decided to play ED one-on-one and then complain about foul disparity. Just because there's free throw disparity doesn't mean that it wasn't called correctly. Like, are, are, are we going to balance points, as Painter says? Are we going to balance rebounds? Are we going to balance assists? I mean, not everyone fouls equally. And to assume that a certain talking head on Twitter said this past week, to assume that because team A shot 25 free throws and team B shot 10. That means the ref were, refs were biased in favor of team A. It's just a silly argument, a silly argument. Had he had shown like footage and said, hey, this should have been called, that should have been called, I could have at least respected it. But just to say like, oh, let's look at the numbers, uh, it can't be fair. Like I said, it's especially dumb coming from a coach that it seemed like their game plan was once you get within 50 feet of the basket, just throw the ball up to then complain about not getting foul calls. Uh, and it's like, dude, you're – I mean, what do you expect? Like, you're literally getting across the half-court line and then chucking a shot up and then going, oh, they didn't call fouls. Well, like, you know, Russ, Alabama is known for their bright minds. We know this. Because, every, yeah, everybody wants to look at, like you said, the low-hanging fruit, Dylan, but they don't want to look into the fact that, okay, not only does Purdue, you know, outshoot as far as free throws go, their opponents, we also don't foul as much of our opponent as our opponents, but they also don't point out, we also don't get as many turnovers and steals as opponents. Oh yeah, they right, don't want to look. At, they don't want to do that much work on. What yeah, we aren't playing about. the aggressive style defense. So those teams that they commit a lot of fouls, they also get a lot of turnovers and a lot of steals. Yes, but we don't we don't play that aggressive style because we want Edie playing thirty plus minutes. We want Braden playing thirty plus minutes. We want Fletch playing thirty minutes. So we're not going to put those guys at risk for the offensive liability. We're just going to play sound, fundamental team defense. And if you beat us, you're going to beat us because you go crazy like Boo Booey did against against us at Northwestern, right? Yeah. And Mark Sears even went crazy, but guess what? Because we we still stick to the game plan, right? Like we weathered the storm the first half, came out only down four into the second half, and water found its level, right? Like the shots that they were just chucking up that 
don't normally go in. They finally started missing him. And you have somebody like, you know, Mark Sears. And it's it's funny how a first impression or like successes or failures can stick in somebody's brain and they almost ignore the stats. Yeah. Braden Smith shot a better percentage from three than Mark Sears did. Right? Mark Sears in the first half was on fire. So in the second half, he just kept chucking and chucking and chucking, even though he was missing. Right? Alabama as a team shot north of 50% in the first half from three. In the second half, they were in the 20s. So they literally are the definition of live by the three, die by the three. And I think that's the biggest reason, coming back to the why Purdue does the things the way they do it. Everybody wants Purdue to be a guard-centric team. Everybody wants to complain about the guards, which, first of all, don't disrespect Braden Smith because Braden Smith's probably looking like the best point guard in the conference, maybe in the country right now. That got overshadowed by Edie's 35 points against Alabama. Braden Smith was, I thought, I thought yeah. that was the story of the game, yeah, honestly, but, was Braden. That's why I think Purdue, you know, he does – value shooters, but I think that's why he values going through the post. He's seen a build guard-centric teams when he has Jay Nivey, when he has a Carson Edwards, when he has Etwan Moore, but it's much easier and more consistent to run it through the post than it is by the three because the three can be so up and down, like you saw with Alabama, it's harder to have a more consistent product that can win the Big Ten Championship, that can possibly make it, it can make a run in March. You saying Carson Edwards reminded me, I think it was somebody in the, the podcast Twitter mentions, and he said it was after the loss of Northwestern. And this guy says, all we need is Carson Edwards and we'll be fine. And I'm like, what do you, of course, like, no, no shit. We bring one of the best players in program history back to play with another one of the best program history plays. Yeah, we're going to get better, but you can't do that. This, this is college. Like it, I, people come up with the wildest arguments when they think a team isn't doing well so much so that a guy's like yeah you remember that guy that was one of the all-time greats in program history who's graduating gone let's bring it if we had him we'd be better yeah, well, no, not, no. not to mention all three of our guards were actually in double figures against northwestern so yeah. you know yeah. to assume that they didn't play as well like the year before last year against northwestern that loss there yeah our guards didn't really perform too well they didn't put the ball through the hoop but this year this year they did yeah. this year they did and, but this guy's like, yeah, all we need, remember that, you know, incredible player, bring him back, won't be fine. Yeah, of course we would. <laughs> Tell you uh, what, Glenn uh, Robinson uh, on this team. Yeah, you bring Kobe to to Purdue? Bring, bring LeBron. See if LeBron has four years left from the NCAA. No, 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 F that. Nope, no LeBron. It's <laughs> my goat. But yeah, Rusty, you know, the, to talk about some of the numbers Jordan. from that Alabama game that that differ, right, from Alabama. Let's Let's talk about Alabama for a second in terms of what – what went went differently in that game? So, um, thirty they their free throw attempt rate thirty seven and a half on the season. Uh, in that game, it was twenty two, so it was a little bit lower uh, than what we saw have seen from them normally. Uh, their let's see three point attempt rate on the season was fifty three, so still insanely high, uh, but seventy two percent in that game. Um, but talk to talk about Purdue's numbers for a second. You know, Purdue's steal percentage this season is only 5.7%. That's in the second percentile. But in that game, it was 12.7. How many total steals did we have? Nine steals. You know, so we, we were real. And like you said, we don't gamble on defense where Purdue's not looking to force a lot of turnovers. And if they're there, we take them. But yeah, to, to, you know, Purdue only averages four steals per game. If you want to talk per game numbers here, and had to have nine steals in that game. Uh, it's pretty impressive. But Purdue, three-point attempt rate, 36% on the season, down to 29. So we were really efficient uh, with our threes in that game. I felt like we were we were smart about when we took them. We were smart about when we went went inside. And um, just, a, just a clinic of a game offensively from Braden. I mean, I, I, I feel like we need to talk about Braden for a second. 
in terms of every, everything he did. I mean, yeah, Edie, you know, he went off for 35, but Braden, his ability to dissect the pick and roll was just at a level I don't think I've seen before. Honestly, I just really in the first half, they played drop coverage and he was able to not only look for his own shot, but just throw it over his head to Edie, a pass that we've seen intercepted a few times this season. Uh, and then they started playing weak coverage. It started forcing him to his left. And uh, JR on, on the Big Ten huddle said, Braden Smith always goes right because it's always right for him or something like that, which I thought was funny. I thought that was clever. Uh, but Alabama saw that and they started forcing him to his left and and he made him pay every time. Like one time he drove right in, right underneath the basket, circled around. Gillis caught his man sleeping, caught right to the basket. Braden hit him on a bounce pass. Boom, layup. And then they started hedging him. He started passing. We got um, That's how we got Gillis's open three. Uh, and then in the second half, like he just he was calling for screens, he was calling for rescreens, and like if they dropped or just went under a little bit, boom! I mean, he was looking for his own shot. He kind of got he kind of got a little aggressive, a little too aggressive there uh, for a second. But his his pick and roll readability was was absolutely crazy. Sick yeah, he had a three in the second half that um, it really reminded me of what you were just talking about, and I can't remember what point in the half it was, but he he got a pick from Edie to go right and they hedged hard. Like they basically stopped him from getting around the right of that screen and Edie got kind of hung up. So he didn't really roll on it. So then what does Braden do? He waits like he pauses half a second. Edie turns around, sets the pick. Braden goes back to his left and launches a three hits it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll go left and hit the three. Then if you want me to go left, like he did a lot of in the second half, he did a lot of calling for second screens. It was like, okay, that's how you're going to play me now. All right, bam, Mm -hmm. I'm going to make you pay. There was a couple times where I said no as the as the shot left his hand and it went in. Uh, but whew, he, I mean, that was just a clinic in terms of making the right read, in terms of reading the defense, taking what they give you. I mean, there was nothing they could do in, in terms of uh, ball screen coverage to really slow him down. I have, a, I have a comment here from Cody. Was it just me, or did Bama was gotten panic mode at the start of the second half when their top guys got in foul trouble? Um, I think a little, a little yes and no. Um, I just feel like their shots stopped falling, you know, and in, in the first half they hit, they hit some tough shots. Um, they also hit it there. There, there were some open shots. They, they kind of got Purdue in a situation where they were overhelping on the pick and roll. And the guy who was zoning up between two defenders, normally Braden was having to make a tough decision there in terms of who to guard. And uh, they did a good job. Who was the, who was the big who started two for two um, Grant Nelson. It did a good job. He's not really much of a shooter, but he started two for two and Purdue didn't didn't sell out at that point. They just let him keep shooting and he finished the game two for seven. So really good job not overreacting there. But you know, had he gone four for four for seven, we would have lost and I'd be seeing a different tune. But uh we got a comment here. Bama shot the lights out. If we can win that game, we can win any game. Agreed. It's amazing how many different types of games we've won this season. You think about Tennessee, you think about Marquette. Think about Bama. Like we put up 92 points, you know. When and is that the most points we scored this season? No, we scored 99. Yeah, I said we got to almost 100 once. Yeah, almost 100. Their their panic going back to Bama's panic. I think their panic was because the shots stopped going down. I think that's where they panicked because when you live by the three and you die by the three, as soon as as soon as you get one or two or three in a row that don't go in, you start panicking because you've got to. To live by the three, especially against a team that's as efficient on offense as Purdue, you've got to keep that that heat going. You get a few heat checks, and then it's panicking because it's like, oh man, like we haven't tried to go inside all game, and we have to try doing that now. Like, no, we got to we got to shoot threes to keep you got to keep shooting to hopefully get back in it. And I think that's where they panicked because they saw Purdue stop slowing down on offense, or they they did not slow down on offense. Sorry, and and Bama started missing some shots, and so that's where the panic I think set in. 
And and Cody made an interesting comment earlier about Purdue's pace in that game. Um, so Purdue actually had 70 possessions in that game. Um, the last five games, they were averaging 69. Um, Alabama nice. also had 70. They're averaging 72. <laughs> Can't can't throw can't throw that out without, without some laughter. Frank's right? trying to be the adult, and uh, Russ are like, "Yeah." So, uh, and and Cody, uh, to your comment about you know slowing it down being the best strategy, um, we it's something we were actually talking about last night, Cody. Uh, that's uh, that's isn't 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 true. So you you can have a good offense and play slow, and you can have a good offense and play fast. The key is efficiency. It's how many points do you score every time you have the ball. Um, so Purdue in that game scored. 1.3 points per possession, so or 135 offensive rating. Uh, Alabama was at 1.29, so that was the difference. That was the difference. It was just that that small. So both teams shot very very efficiently. Um, that's 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 very very efficient offense. But um, that's why things like points per game and and uh, points per 40 minutes kind of break down because some teams play really fast, some teams play really slow. Uh, so we we want to reward offenses who are efficient and that they score a lot of points every time they have the ball. But uh, well, Bama is an incredibly sound team. They they look to play fast. They look to uh, they consistently have one of the top five what's called rim and three rates in college basketball. So it's the percentage of your shots that are either from three or at the rim, uh, which is the most efficient way to play offense. Now they took one mid range in this game. One. Again, all all credit to CBB Analytics for these numbers. Cool stuff. But yeah, yeah, and, and again, everybody wants to talk about how Alabama shot the lights out. You know, we shot forty-eight percent from the field to their forty-five percent. We shot forty-four percent behind the arc to their forty-one percent. Eighty-five percent from the free throw line to their sixty-four percent. So, as as good as some fans want to get fixated on or even worried about how well a team shot against us, don't lose the fact that that we outshot them just because they hit. You know. 10 more threes, 11 more threes than we did. We also crushed them in the paint. We crushed them at the free throw line. So let them know. And I think that really was the game plan was just to come out and, and, and let it fire from three. Like, I don't, I I think the game plan was just to stay away from the inside. But when one particular player I want to call out um, for Purdue was Ethan Morton. Like he, he shut Mark Sears down when it mattered at the very end of the game. Uh, he, I mean, it, they they tried to isolate him, and he showed them why that was a bad idea. I mean, and there was there is one one possession in particular I can remember where like all of us as we were texting during the game were like, Ethan Morton just completely shut him down right there when like no one really could. Um, he he tried some fancy fancy drives and stuff, and Morton is like, ah, oh, you're not you're not getting anywhere with that. So I just don't see how people don't see what he brings to the team. Yeah, he's he's just very efficient. He's a very good role player in doing what is asked of him. You know, yep. to sit there and he didn't do any, didn't really make any negative plays. He actually he had one assist. That was his stat line against Alabama. One assist. No one shots, assist, no turnovers, no rebounds. Possessions. Exactly, exactly. So, um, of course, we went up to number three too on the poll this week. So I guess people were impressed with the with the Bama win, um, and we have one game this week. And uh, you might have heard about it. It might be, you know, on a few social media spots. It's, it's I one. guess, it's kind of, kind of a big game. Um, you know, number one, one, number one, Arizona and Indy, you know, or as we call it, Mackey Central, Mackey yeah, number Central, one Indiana. for now. <clears throat> um, yeah, number one for now, exactly. So, 
there it's you know it's kind of strength against strength right it's you know they're second in ken palm we're third right they've got the fifth offense in, per ken palm we're third but they have the second best defense to our ninth so two teams that are very very high by all metrics uh, arizona hasn't quite played the schedule we have so we'll see what happens when they get tested with us especially in what will be kind of a road environment um but they are eight no uh they're second in the ap or not sorry what do i have second there uh se- second in ken palm right now oh and second sorry they're second in the country in scoring that's what i had Sec- 94 94 points a game so it's like the offenses are getting slightly better right like we go from iowa to alabama to now we're at arizona um, I mean, and and that, also, that's that's the way you want it, right? Just to, yeah. to have that slow ramp up, yeah. But the big difference is that they're going to have some bigs that, that can play Edie. They might be able to try to play him one-on-one. Um, they are second in the country in rebounding and second in assists as well. So it's it's going to be a really, really good test for us. Yeah, let's introduce uh, Umar Balo, uh, seven-foot senior who uh, uh, it, it is not small. Uh, it's not a small seven-foot either. Um, he, uh, I imagine, short. well, I mean, not only is he seven foot tall, but you know, he's like, he's like a Mason Gill is seven foot tall. Oh, damn. So just, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Scary. So he's, uh, he's, he's, uh, I, it doesn't have weight listed here. Let me see. I think he's, he's listed as 260, but, uh, rumor Ooh. is he's closer to 280. So yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah, oh, yeah, I was 280 right. in middle school. What do we, come on. Yeah. Cheap numbers. But he's uh, yeah, but- he, he's a really good uh, defender. Uh, you know, Arizona did just play Wisconsin. For anyone who doesn't know, that was a uh, just an absolute uh, beatdown. I don't think anyone expected that. Um, but he he played Stephen Crow really well. He gave Stephen Crow problems, and I mean, Wisconsin had a bunch of other problems in that game. But one of them was you know their inability to really get the ball inside and, and score. Um, so I I think that you know I for us I think you're right. I think they are going to look to look to play ED one-on-one and another thing about this team that just continues with the, the trend we've seen lately with Iowa, with Alabama uh, is, is their pace. So they are in the 99th percentile for in fast break points per game. They average 19.4 fast break points per game. So for context, Purdue averages nine. So, uh, uh Oh, here we go. Sorry. Bedard just went top shelf and scored. No, no. Oh, got a little great excited. comment here. Get oh, ready for a massive oh host lap from the great state of Arizona. Oh, Hashtag we there. got a little Arizonian in the house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, bow down. Chimpy. Yeah. More like That's, chumpy. Uh, hey, hey, you know what? May the yeah, best but... team win, right? No, forget that. Get win. out of here, chumpy. What are we? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, no, it's going to be an awesome Loser. game. Super, it super is. excited it is. for this one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I think it's going to feel like a Final Four type game, right? You're, you know, yeah, I know it's going to be yeah. a, a probably Purdue heavy crowd, but it's going to be in a large arena, NBA style arena, a neutral, neutral floor, and so yeah, it's going to be good. Is be Bear good. down you, you there? See how much, you guys see how much tickets are there? Is Bear down tickets. there? Aren't they the Wildcats? Yeah, um, yeah, maybe. Uh, it's uh, like uh, Alex, Chompy. With the Chompy, if you could explain that to us. Hey, Chompy, to, explain that one. Oh, Wildcats, bears, those are two separate animals. Not sure if you guys know that down there. But anyway, go <laughs> ahead, rest, or Frank. Sorry, I was talking shit. So I think I think these are going to be one of the few teams that we've seen um, you know, try to guard Zach Eady one-on-one. I say try. Um, we'll see how well it goes, and, and maybe it goes well, and, and I imagine there's a game plan for that in case it does go well. Um, uh, they do have a seven-foot freshman who hasn't played a ton. Um, he does tend to draw a lot of fouls, um, so I don't. I 
imagine that, you know, from a body rotation standpoint, we will see him in their guarding. But really, uh, you know, when you look at this Arizona team, you look at the distribution. Caleb Love, transferred from UNC, averages 14 points per game. Kylan Boswell, 12.4 points per game. Keisha Johnson, 12.6. Pella Larson, 12.3. Umar Balo, 12.5. So they have five guys averaging between 12 and 14 points. So in terms of, you know, in terms of scoring distribution, I don't know how you prepare for that. So I, I, it's going to come down to individual defense in, in this game. Um, but man, man, it's going to be fun. Um, I also so don't know how about, you, I, was saying, I don't know how you prepare for a seven, four guy too. So as much as it is impressive and Balo is a big dude, Edie's still got four inches on him, you know? So it's, it's like, it's still the, you know, to, to compare that, like, Dylan's six four. I'm six foot, right? So like, four inches is still a significant difference to give up. I am six and, four in real life. I mean, how much of a difference does four inches really make, though? Let's be honest. Yeah, let's let's slow down a little bit. I mean, some people may <laughs> say it's it's not how it's how you use it more than how it well, you know it just happened. Which is where I think Edie has the advantage. Not only exactly. Does he have the where were you inches, going with that, Russ? Get your mind out of the gutter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Both, both will be used. Hey, Chompy, yeah, so Chompy, I, I assume you're referring to both both bigs. If you could, if you could explain the bear down, give us a little yeah, background. Yeah, if you have a that, camera and a microphone, great. we'll send you the uh, link. Wow. I'm just kidding. Full <laughs> on call out mode tonight. <laughs> one, one thing I noticed about this Arizona team, uh, I did watch their their game against, against Wisconsin, is they played almost exclusively drop coverage on Wisconsin. And Wisconsin didn't really look to exploit a ton of that. Um, I imagine that Purdue is going to look to exploit that a little bit more with a little bit more mid-range shooting. Uh, so when you look at the uh, field goal attempts, so let's see, what's the, so 20% of their opponent's shots are coming in the mid-range. And so for some context, the Division One average is 12 and a half, so um, higher than average. So a, a lot of people are looking to, uh, to exploit that. Uh, so Chompy here, just know that we have both animals down here and both are top of the food chain. Yeah, not but where sure, did Bear uh, Down not, come from? You're not answering a question. Charlie. Yeah, I, I would just love to know where the what the origin of Bear Down <laughs> you is. You keep saying really stuff, cool. and none of it's what we're asking, pal. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're not representing uh, the great state of Arizona. Very I, I would also say too, um, you know, Frank, you mentioned the guys they have in double figures. Even with Zach Eady, the front runner once again for National Player of the Year at 24 points a game, we've still got three other guys besides him in double figures mm-hmm. on the year. Plus, we got guys down there like Mason Gillis, who he might be averaging five points a game, but he's had that nine three-point game at, at Mackey. You know, Trey Coffin Wren, he went he went for over twenty when Edie was out last year for that game. So I I think we also have some depth that teams are not used to seeing as well. Yeah, and I think that's going to be a, a weapon that Purdue is going to be able to harness in every game this season. It's going to be guys coming off the bench who have started twenty to thirty games in their career. Um, but just just looking at some of Arizona's numbers and things that stick out uh, in green are like just about everything, right? They're they're uh, one of 99th percentile in net rating at 40.1, uh, 98th percentile in offensive rating, 99th percentile in defensive rating, 99th percentile in pace. They're averaging 75 possessions a game. Uh, Purdue's averaging 69, so a faster paced team than Purdue. Nice. Effective field goal percentage, 97th percentile. Uh, but where, like, where, where are they lacking? There's a couple things that that pop up. One is free free throw attempt rate. They're in the 37th percentile, so they don't get to the line a lot. The other one is three point attempt rate, 34. So they're not shooting a ton of threes. 
now in terms of how much, how much, uh, how, what percentage of threes are they making? They're making 38 of them. So they're kind of like Purdue in that they're not taking a ton of threes, but the ones they do hit, they are making. So I think that's where this is going to differ from our last two games, Russ, is how they look to score against Purdue. Um, so really, you know, another fast team, another offensive heavy team, a team that has good defense as well, but a team that looks to, to score from, from two and not from three as often. So I'm, uh, I, I will be at this game. I was smart enough to get my tickets a uh, few uh, few months ago before With that they were, big brain. Yeah, before they were uh, two thousand dollars a seat. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this one. But two Tom grand, predicts, really two grand uh, for the lower section. Damn. I mean, that's what they're selling for on stuff. It doesn't mean people are paying that for them. But no, but still, um, let's just say like tickets are selling for like six times what I paid for mine. I bet Champy's paying that two grand though. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's uh, Champy's making the trip out. I'm sure. <laughs> Champy, welcome to welcome to Indiana. Yeah, uh, no, no, you're not welcome. You. I was kidding. You are. I guess the weather yeah. sucks up here compared to down there. Well, don't There's forget no. on that price though. You also get two games for that price mm-hmm. on Saturday. You do. Yeah. You know, you've got you another get... big matchup, a really, really big in-state rivalry uh, between the Cardinals and the Sycamores. So Indiana mm. State and Ball State. Wow. Which mm-hmm. uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Indiana State is the second highest ranked team in Ken Palm in the state of Indiana, right? Really? Hmm. They are 54th in Ken Palm. What They're ranked the... higher than Iowa and Nebraska. Really? Indiana State? Let's go. The new yeah. Hoosiers. The fighting Larry Birds. Come on. No, it has uh have have none of you all seen the um the Nikola Jokic of college basketball that's like making his way through social media who plays yeah. for Indiana State? Yeah, he's a he's a six ten guy. He's not athletic at all. He's like super clumsy with the ball, but he just makes amazing plays. He makes amazing passes. He shoots threes. Definitely check him out. If you just go on Twitter and look for Nikola Jokic College, you'll see him. He wears goggles when he plays. Oh, I love this. So, Rex yeah. specs are my. Favorite. He's yeah six ten two forty. Just like I mean, and I mean this is a compliment when I say he looks like Nikola Jokic in the way the way that he plays. It's awesome. So I'm re- actually really excited to see him play. So I will. I will go ahead and attend both games. Rex specs are like long sleeves and quarterbacks on in football. Is like when you see those, you're like, oh, this guy's gonna do some damage. So Ken Palm, Ken Palm predicts a two point Purdue win with 55 percent confidence. So Ken Palm is predicting it to be close and not confident in the prediction at all. But how are we feeling, Walker? Dylan, <laughs> we'll start with you. <clears throat> excuse me uh mr champy i know you don't really probably even watch this show before you don't know how things work but when we do score predictions i i'm I, i'm pretty exact i i give an exact amount and that is spoilers by a billion we know this russ yeah so i mean i see it playing out pretty similar to what alabama did you know, although Arizona is a much better team than what Alabama is. I don't think, though, Alabama is bad, as bad as what people were saying that they are, if that makes sense. I know there was a lot of word salad there, but we talked about it going the last week that we had them in our top 25 still. Alabama's just lost to some good teams, including the team they lost to this last Saturday. But, you know, Arizona is much more balanced. It's going to be similar to Alabama. We've got to stick to the plan. You know, Arizona is definitely a team that can put together a run. They can get hot. They can hit some shots. They might even get Edie in foul trouble because they take it to the rim more often than what Alabama did. So the key will be just sticking to the plan on defense. Don't you know? Not freaking out. Um, you know, 
Rayfield Davis, friend of the pod. We had him on last last week. Friend He's of the doing some of these spaces. Um, and he talked about when he was at Purdue and the style of man defense that Purdue plays, they switch one through four. Well, sometimes when we play these high-powered teams, when we play even some of these guards that go off like a boo-booey, it starts messing up our switching because dudes don't want to switch off a guy and then watch him score on somebody else. And so our switching doesn't get as smooth, which throws off our rhythm defensively and allows them to just get on a bigger run and put us in more of a hole. So Arizona is a good team. They're going to score a lot. It is not going to be over until that final buzzer goes off. So you're going to have to stick to the plan. It's Purdue, of course. And and ride out the I think that because it's a Mackie central environment, I think that the crowd is going to help us eke out a close win. I wouldn't even be surprised if it goes in overtime. It, it should be, like I said, a Final Four type atmosphere. And I think as long as Edie stays out of foul trouble, as long as Brady doesn't get too emotional, um, I think that we can eke out, I would say, let's say a 92 to 90 Ooh, victory. I like that. That would be electric. So before I before I give my uh, my prediction here, I do want to address this comment here from Champy, our uh, – our, uh, Bama, our Arizona fan who's, hey, uh, who's tuning in tonight, which we thank you for. Uh, no, I'm not making the trip. Midwestern girls aren't exactly the best looking. Let me just put it that way. Um, I will respectfully disagree uh, with you on that. Um, and and but but you 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 come for the game, right? You know, you 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 come out here for yeah, the game. Here you for know, the that's, ball, that's, not the... that's why we're here. Yeah, grow up. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that Umar Bawo is is a great player. Um, I've seen him play several times, um, but you can't simulate Zach Eady in practice. And we've seen, we've seen some of the best. But I mean, we saw we saw Kofi Coburn struggle against Zach Eady as a sophomore, right? I and mean, Kofi Coburn, like no one backed him down like Zach Eady did. So he's played against this type of player before, and I think that's the best comparison in terms of physicality and size and and whatnot is going to be Kofi Coburn. And so, I mean, do you guys remember the the comment that Zach Eady made after that game? Everyone asked me how I was going to handle Kofi Coburn, but no one asked, asked how he was going to handle, handle me. Yep. Uh, so I think club. if Zach Eady brings that attitude, it, it's going to be Russ. I actually, I actually see this as a as, as a five point Purdue win because um, these uh, these Arizona Wildcats don't know what basketball is like in the state of Indiana. Uh, I've lived in multiple states; it's very different. It's very different. I understand that like they sell out games and whatnot, but. I imagine this place is going to. I mean, tickets are selling for two thousand dollars. This place is going to be off the chain. The paint is say. Be, as the kids say, "Good one." So it's going to be lit. I'm predicting 85-80 Purdue Ooh. win, uh, and I, I reserve the right to uh, adjust my prediction once I know what kind of balls are going to be used. Uh, oh, Nike balls. <laughs> I'm I'm predicting an eight point win. Well, both are sure. Nike schools, so that would be Nike balls, right? I don't know how it works, Dylan. Unfortunately, yeah. I just know uh, yeah, people say like, "Oh, we like Purdue can never shoot uh, at Gamebridge Fieldhouse," and I mean, and that the stigma is going back to players who aren't even on the team anymore. Unfortunately, so I, I hate that. Ugh. It's just like it's like well, you like if you put on a Purdue uniform, there's this curse which makes you shoot the ball poorly in that building. You know, like that's how people how people act. But I'm I'm super excited for this game, I, and I 
I don't, I, I'm just saying this off the top of my head. I, I, there's no, like, I haven't looked this up for sure, but I feel like this is the first time two Ken Palm top five teams have played this season. It's going to be a hell of a game. Was Marquette not top five Ken Palm team when we played them? When we played them, let's see. Let's see. Marquette was fifth in Ken Palm. We were first. Okay, second time. I got a question for you, though, Frank, being somebody mm-hmm. that's from the Louisville area down here. Louisville. Um, you remember when there was a stigma around the Yum Center and mm. Purdue couldn't shoot the Yum Center? Yeah. And then the Tennessee game and the Virginia game happened, and yep. it was two of the greatest shooting performances we've seen in Purdue history. So, yeah, I don't I don't put a lot of weight into we can't shoot at game. Nick, did anybody ask? No, I'm just kidding. Yes. Yeah, so we have a prediction here from Nick. Purdue Love 79, you, Nick. Arizona 74. Love you, Nick. Remember the last time we played Arizona and Indy, we upset them. That's true. That's true. Damn right. Um, and I mean, I think the one, the biggest thing Purdue has going for them is the fact that they've played a tough schedule. Um, I mean, Arizona did pull out the win against Duke on the road, which is a tough place to play. And then they just absolutely smacked Wisconsin at home, um, which in my opinion, Wisconsin's the, you know, the second best team in the Big Ten. Um, but, but what is that gap between first and second place in the Big Ten? Very, very large. Yeah. I think that I think that uh, the the win over Duke's very impressive. The win at home over Wisconsin. I mean, it was it was more Wisconsin having an off night than it was anything else. But you know, that's uh, it's still 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 a quality win. And then then a win over Michigan State on a neutral court, which is may not even be a quad one win the way this season's trending. Unfortunately for Michigan State, so no um, chance yeah. Arizona wins this game. Too much clout here. A comment here from Nick. Agreed. Agreed. I actually I'm not going to say no chance. There's always a chance. We here at Boiler Express also want to warn you it's a it's a Peacock game. So ah, yeah, it's at four thirty like on Saturday on Peacock. I kind of so like the Peacock. Make sure you plan accordingly. I'm a Peacock. You gotta let me fly. Name that movie. Uh, so I would like the to guys, talk. Ah. I would like to talk about football for a second here. Just a few things. Um, Dylan Thieneman has been on the uh, the receiving end of some good accolades Dog. last week. Third team All American. Uh, it's only one or two freshmen to earn that that honor. Uh, trivia question for both of you: Who was the last Purdue freshman to be an All American? Oh come on now! I'll let Dylan go first because that's an easy one. Take it come away, come on, Russ. Dylan. Take it away, Russ. No, no, Dylan. Take I want to hear Russ. Oh man, take you it away, know. Russ. Come on, Dylan. Come last on. last freshman, so last Purdue so freshman. Hard, don't think hard. Yeah, don't think hard about it. Do we know him? Oh yeah, you know him. You've seen him play. As in, like, I'm friends with him? No, 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 oh, no so but I'm, not. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you clarified that. Because okay. that's, <laughs> that's what I meant yeah. by, I, I, yeah, no, you've known him, you've seen him play, and you've my, seen him play in person. Know, many times. Away. Listen, come on, man, give me a hint. What's the biggest game in Purdue history in the last ten years? I'll give you that. Hint. Oh, Rondale. Yeah, yeah baby, Rondale. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I just did. so if anyone remembers, like he when he was interviewed at the um, Army All American game, they were like, "What what are your goals for this season?" After he committed to Purdue, and he said, "The freshman All American," and he did it. So that was impressive. Another thing Dylan Thieneman did this season, though, he brought broke Rod Woodson's solo tackle record for Purdue yeah. freshman. Rod Woodson turned out to be a good football player. My all time favorite athlete. There, uh, he's officially uh, freshman of the record. year. Huh. He's freshman. Oh yeah, he broke his interception record with five five interceptions, right? Six. Dylan Thieneman six. was the record, yeah. Rod Rod Woodson's record yep. was five. Yep. Uh, Dylan Thieneman was named freshman of the year in the Big Ten. Two four seven freshman of the year. Um, 
I mean, what is what what what's the future look like for him? I mean, pretty is he, damn is, bright. Is, is, is it, he is, is he an NFL first round draft pick? Kids oh yeah, you think, you think he's a first round draft pick? Oh yeah, if he keeps this up for sure, oh, yeah. for sure. You can't you don't put those kind of numbers up in the Big Ten. I mean, you look at look at Coach Walter's track record too, right? Look at the look at the dudes he's put in the NFL that are making plays on Sunday right now. From and the schedule we had this year, nonetheless. I mean, this year's schedule is brutal, and he still put yeah. up those numbers. Well, to be our highest ranked player in defense in PFF, when you have fifth year seniors like Cam Allen, like Sanusi Kane on your team, that says something, in yeah. my opinion. Um, I and mean, Dylan's plus he has pure athletes. We all know this. Plus, he has the intangibles. He has that. Uh, what did his brother brother say? Like sub four four, like four three seven speed. Said he was the fastest uh, Thenaman. Said he was the fat witch. Which I I was surprised to hear that. A lot of the Thenamans are a fast group. Um, so there's there's also been uh, been some guys actually transferring into Purdue. Uh, we've been on the on the outgoing. Oh, is that end, right, end Frank? I that. thought the world was ending because all the transfers. Yeah, so uh, huh. so we're welcoming in Corey Stewart, offensive lineman from Ball State. Welcome. Um, he played 365 snaps in pass protection last season, gave up two sacks. Um, he did play against Kentucky, and he played against Georgia. And in both of those games, he allowed one hurry each, zero sacks. So he's played against some some pretty elite yeah, talent. Georgia's pretty good there. from what I hear. Georgia's pretty good. Uh, we also welcome Not in Jamarius out, Dinkins. Jamarius Dinkins, he's a defensive lineman from Kentucky. Um, he's only played, I think he played 90 snaps last season and just kind of garbage time. Um, so really any numbers we get from that are not going to be very helpful. Um, I did reach out to some Kentucky fans. I know I live in Kentucky, so I know plenty of them. And neither one of them were familiar with him, uh, <laughs> but they said that their their D line is stacked. So it was more than likely just him being a good player, but having 10 other good players in front of him. Uh, we also welcome in Joey Tanona as an offensive tackle from Notre Dame. Interesting story about him. I, yeah. I read a little bit of background on him. Uh, it seemed like as his freshman year, he was in a car accident, um, which he he suffered a lot of um, brain trauma from, and actually at some at one point retired from football. Damn. Um, but now has decided to to come back and start playing football again. So um, really happy to have him. He was a four star recruit coming That's out of high school. So. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, it's going to be a it'll make for a really good story. That's so someone a lot of anybody can root for, not just us. Yeah, agreed. Like and, uh, just to come back from such a thing, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, badass. I imagine that was a tough thing for him to him to go through. And then we bring in DJ Wingfield from New Mexico, who's another offensive lineman with a ton of experience. I think him and Corey Stewart both have two years of eligibility left. Um, I do not have DJ Wingfield's numbers in front of me, so I apologize to you, gentlemen. Um, this link I have apparently was not right. So uh, stats department is yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, but they were they were they were very impressive. Two eighty nine, so not not as big as some of the guys we're bringing in. But I'm sorry, what was that, Russ? Could you repeat? I that? said I got him at six four two eighty nine. Um, he's graded a three star transfer, eighty seven overall. Yeah, um, I mean, we need we need all the depth yeah. on the line we can get. The amount of games that we had last season, I think it was like nine games where we didn't sub any of our offensive linemen at all. So, um, you know, Gus Hartwig returning too. I'm 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 liking how we're looking next season. I love so I love me some Gus Hartwig. And don't forget too, we got a 24 man class coming in that grades up there with any of the best classes we've had over the last decade to two decades. Yeah, I and think they're ranked in the top 30. 
right now. Yeah, and Coach Walters has shown that he's not a traditional coach in that he's not going to make you pay your dues. Just because you're a freshman in the Big Ten in football doesn't mean you're going to redshirt. Right. Look at Dylan Thieman. Look at Max Clare. Look at look at that IU game. How many true freshmen have it made plays in that IU game? So if you if yeah. you can play and you can contribute, you're gonna you're gonna play. So that uh, yeah, I agree. And he he says that he's like I don't I don't I don't care what you are well, in terms of class. If you're if you can help us win, you're gonna play. It's like uh, he took a page out of the Matt Painter book. Matt Painter's like, hey, this is how I do it. Well, That's traditionally good- Matt doesn't play as freshman enough. It's been kind of a criticism, um, but you know it's if still they're a good, good enough book to read. Yeah, if they're good enough. So I did. I I do want to close a little bit of basketball trivia. And it's not really like – it's not really trivia in the traditional sense. It's more of like stat trivia. Russ, you did the, the PFF trivia, and I'm doing something along the same lines. So I'm not the biggest fan of on-off numbers. And for anyone who doesn't know what on-off numbers are, it's how does a team perform with the player on the court versus how do they perform with the player off the court. So the one particular player boost – Purdue's assist percentage, which assist percentage is the percentage of possessions that end with an assist or that, that you score on. Um, which player has the highest boost on our assist percentage when they're in the game? Don't I'll let you guess first because I think I know. Russ, you take, you take this one, pal. <laughs> is it Morton? It is Morton. I love it. Our assist percentage increases by 9.5% when Morton is on the floor. Or has increased by nine and a half percent this season. That doesn't mean it will going forward. Offensive rebounding percentage. One player in particular increases our offensive rebounding percentage by thirteen percent when they're on the floor compared to when they're off. Who might that be? Is that the eight footer. That's a pretty safe bet, isn't it, Zach Eady? Uh No, Zach Eady is no, second. See, he incre- he so increases thinking- it at nine and a half percent. Yeah, I'm thinking that Frank's going with like a bench theme. Ah. So go- uh, no, no. Okay, I, I will. T- I will say it's not a bench player. Okay, it is, is it Braden? It's not Braden. Braden. Hmm. Braden actually, it, it's it's even. It's, Braden increases it by zero point three percent. So Damn. almost no change there. Well, I don't need to leave many options. <laughs> it's three. Fletch. Fletch. Yeah. Fletch. Okay. That makes sense. Again, you know, you can't you, you can't read into these numbers a lot because who's Fletch on the floor with? You know, it's mm-hmm. mostly Edie. Um, so that's, you know, that there's going to be that. But um, but on the opposite right. side of that, Morton is not playing with the starters. So that, for these, that's, that's a good point. Be up, that's yeah. even more impressive. Yeah. Uh, so net rating here. Uh, net rating is the difference between your offensive rating, how many points you score per 100 possessions, and your defensive rating, how many points you allow per 100 possessions. So you want that number to be as high as possible. Um, one player boosts our net rating by 29.8 when they are on the court versus when they're off the court, who would that be? I'm just going to throw a wild card in there. Camden Heidi. No, he actually reduces Purdue's net rating by 8.6. All right, dang. Dylan, your turn. Um, oh, I'm so bad at these. Be first. It's my wild card. First is actually last, which is oh, good. funny good. to say. Yeah, uh, our bench hasn't actually done, as far as production goes, point wise. I don't think like they've. Oh, done Cody's got a well guess. Cody's guessing Mason Gillis. That's actually actually not correct. Uh, I wish it was because I love Mason Gillis. I was so close to buying one of his NIL jerseys. Um, it's actually Braden Smith. 
right? Mm, yeah, that makes Brent sense. Smith increases it by 29.8. Zach Eady increases it by 28.5. It's a huge drop-off when those two guys are not, not on the floor. Um, let's see. What did I have here? Ah, this one's interesting. Three-point attempt rate goes up 9.7%. So this is the percentage of our shots that are threes when this player is on the floor. goes up 9.7%. Miles Colvin. <laughs> Miles Colvin is second. At four point one. Oh. I remember. The, remember this. This is for this is for everyone on the court. Too. Yeah, but it's, the reason why I was thinking Miles Colvin because he plays and has played such limited minutes, but it seems like every time he's on the court, he's throwing up a three. So, so you're thinking about this the right way, Russ. You really are. You're okay. thinking about Gillis? this the right way. It is Gillis. Nine point seven percent increase when Gillis is on the floor. Cody. Cody. Yes, Braden Smith. Which is uh, he's he he's actually baseline. It doesn't really change with Braden on the floor. Um. Let's see. What do I what do I have here? Brains three mid. point percentage. So one player's presence on the court increases Purdue's three point percentage by eleven percent. Who? Say it one more time. I was uh, celebrating. Uh, I used yeah. the word mid. So this <laughs> this one player when they're on the court increases Purdue's three point percentage by eleven percent as a team. As a team. And when you hear the answer. It might make sense to you. I doubt it, but <laughs> increases three. Come on, Russ, use that brain. I mean, that sounds similar to the last question, so I would just go Gillis again. But so we have a guess here. Morton, Morton is not correct, and it is not Gillis either. Fletch. I'll narrow it down. It is a starter and not Fletch. So Damn. we're getting Lance Jones. Lance Jones actually reduces it wow. the most. Nick says Heidi. Lance Jones may increase three-point volume, but not three-point percentage. It's not Cam Heidi. We're it's tough, so let's go TKR then. It is TKR. Oh, that's a good one. So, so when you think about it, does it kind of make sense? Because yeah. he's commanding yeah. attention in, in the paint. That's true. So yeah. is TKR when he's on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and so when Edie's off the floor and TKR is on the floor, he's commanding a lot even more attention down there. So um, he may be a little bit better of a passer as well uh so that's just an interesting interesting little uh little tidbits uh one more one more fun thing that i was able to find all of these are courtesy college basketball analytics um purdue it's one of the worst teams in the country at scoring off of live turnovers this season they're currently 344th in division one scoring 0.73 points per possession off of live turnovers it fascinates me so if the other team turns it over, there's a there's a very uh, very small chance we're actually going to score off of it compared to other teams. So uh, hmm. I'm sure this is something Matt Painter knows and he's going to look to uh, look to address. Could that also be due to the fact that we just don't get a ton of pick sixes? You know, so a lot of our turnovers are in half court defense, so we're not exactly getting a run out to an easy layup. We're we're turning people over and then running a half court uh, set, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Turn and turn the ball over, walking it down the court. Um, yeah, because I know Purdue, that's one thing that Painter uh, has been talking a lot about is wanting to try to increase that number of pick sixes. But, yeah, and and a lot a lot of that's personnel based too. Uh, we don't like we have a Lance Jones, uh, but we don't have a Jaden Ivy, you know, who can just go coast to coast in like four steps. It seems a uh, couple other ones here. Purdue is currently seventh in the country at three point percentage within the first ten seconds of a play. 65% from three within the first 10 seconds of the shot clock. Um, Purdue is currently 35th in the country 
in three-point percentage allowed in the first 10 seconds. We're only allowing 35% on three points in the first 10 seconds. Really, really, really uh, impressive stat there. Purdue's opponents look to score within the first 10 seconds 33% of the time, which is the 316th highest in D1. And again, I think that has a lot to do with us playing some really fast-paced teams, playing Iowa, playing Alabama, playing Marquette. Um, so just some some interesting little things that I saw where Purdue were, were on the extreme end of of some things there. So I do want to say though that that increase in us scoring the ball better from behind the arc early in the shot clock does that have to do with David Jenkins not being on the team anymore? Are you okay, Dylan? What just happened? <laughs> My there? dog is looking at me. I don't know what he wants, but he wants something. <laughs> Gordy is part so of Gordy a- tuned into the podcast. Here's a here's a great comment here, uh, and and Russ, yeah, I think that we're since David Jenkins is on the floor, we're not waiting for those late uh, late shot clock shots. But a comment here from Nick: Anyone find it refreshing seeing Edie with some swagger? I want to see him and Jones smack talk during the game. So I, uh, uh, and we have we have uh, Cody agreeing agreeing here. Um, so I I was on Big Ten Huddle this past weekend and. Uh, both the gentlemen that were on there with me were talking about how much they love that. And I actually don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. I, I, I know it's an uncommon opinion, but I like, I'm a fan of speak softly, carry a big stick. Right. Cause it just looks so silly when you lose, you know, it just looks really silly when you lose. Yeah, or like true. the fact that he's that the fact, yeah. Subtle flexes as Nick just said. So like the, I like, I don't like him, you know, getting in guys faces like, I mean, Nick Pringle stepped up to him, so that's that's everything's. You can do Pringle. whatever you want with someone steps How up. How does he that could have an nil deal with Pringles yet? It's a good point. Yeah, the the uh, the, uh, the uh, miraculous eight day indefinite suspension. Uh, yeah, as time goes on, I just lose with... more more and more respect for Nate Oates. Man, I'll tell you what, that's uh, he's suspended Nate. indefinitely until we have to play Purdue, and yeah. now now he's not suspended anymore. <laughs> and still lost. He's a big. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to um a quote again. Rafael Davis. Um, listen to his. Uh, he's got. Look him up on on Spotify. Uh, he he posts some of his stuff on there. Whether it's just a conversation with Lou Jack, Lou Jackson, uh, or if he's hosting like a, a space after the game just to have some guys in there to talk about the game. But after Northwestern, he he did bring up that he likes that Edie's playing with a little bit of an attitude because it's not to me. It doesn't come off as a cocky attitude, right? It didn't come off as. Hunter Dickinson, you know, it doesn't come off as, as some of the negative trash talking, the negative passion. He, he just, it means a lot to him now. Like he is very, very passionate now. Like the fact that he is not, you know, you look at, um, let's see, what, what does Nick say? He might be saying kind of where I'm going with this. Nick Burr said, I agree to an extent. I feel like we never play with F you. We need more of that. Think about the U in the eighties. So, yeah, like if you watched Alabama and you you watched that game this last weekend, guys like Nick Pringle were getting in Edie's face, and you could see them mouthing, you know, you you like over and what over was again. That? And and Edie, I don't know, was, my mic was cutting out. Um, <laughs> but uh, Edie Edie was showing passion back in him, back at them, but he wasn't showing it in the way that you would see getting a double tech or see in a negative fashion. I'm he not a fan of that, Nick so. Pringle. Which I mm-hmm. thought was awesome. He got yes. in his face and he laughed. You ever apparently, see? he yeah. said like "Welcome to my city," which I didn't see. Someone on Twitter said that, um, which Pringle would be a really that? weird thing to say. Someone on Twitter said like "You can see, you can read Edie's lips." He says "Welcome to my city," and I watched it oh. and I didn't see it. You ever nice. see? The That'd kids? be a weird thing to say. 
welcome to my city like, it's you, like you ever see the kids do like the two short celebration where yeah. they kind of zach could do that. See that a lot in game. yeah zach like, could literally do that to anybody he should start just doing that <laughs> but i feel like uh i feel like we're seeing a lot of, up too uh, though i feel yeah. like and, and this, this is a more subtle thing i uh i feel like we uh we're seeing a lot of smack talk from Braden at the free throw line like not when he's shooting but when other guys are shooting he didn't like, get a lane violation he's got, yeah he's got to watch those lane violations too yeah though. yeah, yeah <laughs> you can't you can't really do that but like you'll hear just like the tiniest glimmer of like hey rebound he's gonna miss this one or like stuff like that i like, like that like I just to get in his head like that kind of stuff i'm okay with so comment here my Frank, dad do you want you to, to be like the hulk and smash guys on the court and not be like big dog and be cocky yes that's the ideal for me yeah i was just gonna say like, so didn't you last year i think around this time and maybe even going into the, the season when he was a freshman, you talked about Braden Smith maybe being our Aaron Kraft, mm-hmm. right? Being that guy that the rest of the Big Ten just hates because of the way that he talks, the way his attitude is, but you love having him on your team. Yeah, I mean, we we, we talked about that a lot. And if you watch his high school footage, he was he was a big smack talker. And now yeah. I think a lot of the rest of the Big Ten hates him because he's good. Because well, the whole offseason, they were like, well, I don't know why Purdue loves Braden Smith so much. And like, oh, now you see. Yeah, and we really didn't we didn't dislike Aaron Kraft because he was dirty or because he was vulgar, but it was just it was frustrating to see a dude that was that passionate and that in your face, and he could back it up, and he did it in kind of a clean way. Oh, it's sense. the same reason other teams fans hated Matt Harms because all because he because he celebrated and he played hard and he when he got a block he uh, you know celebrated like he like he never played basketball before in his life. So um, comment here when I was playing football on a state champion team. We literally didn't care who played, who we played. We knew we were going to win before we got off the bus. We need that. Yeah, I definitely think there's some of that in this team. Um, I, I definitely, I see Nick, more Nick, of what a, position did you play? Yeah, he's like Nick, a fullback. Love, love to know that. It's because he was 29. I assume that means talking about Aaron Kraft. That was Perry Ellis at Kansas. You got that confused. Why is Perry Ellis always the guy that – because he was, he was, he was for, balding and he looked like he was in he his just, 40s. But it seemed like, like he played for 20 age. years. Uh, here we go from Nick. Uh, Nose tackle and left tackle. My guess okay. is fullback. Mm. Mm. And that's uh, Nick, hopefully he didn't sustain any concussions. Oh, he uh, did. Dude. He's here. <laughs> but can, you, uh, can you imagine? Well, speaking of Nick, since Nick keeps coming screen. up here, um, shout out the uh, Face Football League, which is at its regular season end. Frank, nice win on Nick the and I are the same size um but i'm on i'm on a little bit of a a pod vengeance tour here so Ooh. i literally if you go back three weeks ago uh the last three weeks i've beat dylan and damon and then crit and then sorry then nick our silent member of the pod and i play chris this week so i'm trying to go four straight against members of the pod and if i win and the seeds hold chalk I'll play Frank next week. So to be fair, I haven't I just... paid attention to the pro painters in like three weeks because half of them are injured, and I kind of gave up. I'm not gonna. Which lie. makes sense because three weeks is when I kind of crushed your soul and left you no chance. But that's so. because I wasn't paying attention. I had three. Uh, the Achilles have been the literal Achilles heel to mm-hmm. the to the pro painters. It's been a disaster of a season. Oh, literally, literally, and figuratively. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, so Dylan. I know you had something specifically you wanted to to shout out here. Oh, I gotta give my love. Shout us out and sign us off. I gotta give my love to the hockey boys. You know they're they're playing a hell of a season here. They had three graduating seniors, uh, Evan Spadafora. God, hoping I'm saying that right. Uh, Will Toriani and Peyton Smith. 
three graduating seniors leaving Purdue hockey uh, did a hell of a job. You know, they're really, I think they're building something really special there at the club hockey team. And hopefully one day, um, Oh yeah. And the Columbus crew, no big deal. MLS champ shout out to FC Kentucky or FC Cincinnati, a bunch of losers. Uh, yeah. The crew and the crew won MLS cup. So that's kind of a big deal. Um, shout out to the crew. That was, that was crazy run down two goals to FC Cincinnati. You end up winning three, one, or I'm sorry, three, two. And it's like then, math doesn't add. Can you, you subtract goals? You know me and math. They don't add up, literally. <laughs> uh, and then you take down LAFC in, in, at home in the new stadium. Well, it's not so much new anymore, but you get it. Yeah, no, a lot of MLS talk. I didn't, Russ, I didn't know you played a little footy back in the day. Look at you. I did. I did. It was a little, uh, little brutal. You know, I, I played, like I said, I played uh, defensive back, basically fullback, where I just ran dudes over and got the soccer ball the and got it out of there. So. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. My favorite stat was my senior year. I had three guys that had to be carried to the bus because of me. Well, and then you played in the Marine Corps, and I feel like Marine Corps soccer is deadly. I mean, I just – it was more rugby than soccer. I might need to get my – I think I saw my Marine Corps jersey, soccer jersey. Does it fit? (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) You got a dad bod. That was about about 10 years and about 40 pounds ago. So, yeah, not likely. You got to get that bad boy frame. I think I'd look like a grub worm if I try to put that thing on now. <laughs> now you got to wear it. Next podcast, you got to put that thing on. Okay, I'll wear it, and then I'll put this hoodie over the top of it. So a so, uh, question here from Cody. Uh, which team would you like to win a national championship, 94 Boilers or this year's team? Oh, man. Now? now? Both. Now. Both. both. I mean, both. I wasn't both. born, so like now would be cool. Now, I mean, I now is going to be my answer too. But man, it would have been nice if they had if they had won. We could just just to have that monkey off of our back, you know. Because it, like anytime you try to have an intel like intelligent conversation about basketball, someone just points out like how many championships have you won? Next, I'll put like you that means that you're not good at basketball or like anything. I'll put you. Um, well, no, I'll I'll leave one more thing too. I feel like we haven't talked a lot about Purdue Twitter today and fans. Oh, yeah, and that's a good thing. The fan base as a whole. We but, didn't talk about them. You know, and we talked about this the last couple of years because it's been a thing, like you said, Frank, for a while. The 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 stigma that we're going to lose in March, anyways. But three straight years, we were the number one team in the country, first team in the Big Ten to ever do that. And and going into three years ago, we were never the number one team. So we go from never being number one to oh now the first team and only team in the Big Ten to be number one three years in a row. Zach Eady was a national player of the year last year. He's the front runner again this year. He is even more efficient this year in slightly less minutes. So what you guys are seeing is possibly the best Purdue team and the best Purdue run of all time. It doesn't seem like it because you think of Glenn Robinson. A lot of people have that Mike and Michael Gend- um, oh my goodness, Michael Jordan um, syndrome with him. They, they, they just nobody's going to be better than Glenn Robinson because he got the thousand point season, et cetera, et cetera. But this literally, even with the three amigos, Glenn Robinson, the baby boilers, this might be the most dominant, most deep team and the best team that Purdue has ever had. And so, yes, I would vote this year's team to win the national championship. And I think they're rightfully probably the favorite. And we'll see what happens after the Saturday. I, I would think whoever wins this Saturday will probably be the favorite um, for at least the next month or so before conference play starts getting really started. Um, how many times have we said in our lifetime, um, this is the year? If there was ever a year, it's this year. I feel like we've said that in like six of the last ten years. Well, then, as Cody I mean, says, the 1929 but, season, Russ was there for that. So, yeah, it's when but enjoy it, student. enjoy it. That's that's my, my other point for that is 
is enjoy it. Don't let one loss, like, yes, it's a bitter loss. It sucks to end to a 16 seed. I get that. But Nick, we're knocking please. off top five teams, top ten teams. We're setting records. What's going on? I'm, I'm just ignoring the comments. Nick Breaks is, flashing up. I can't even read them. Nick is, Nick is being Nick. If we don't get to the Final Four this year, I'm leaking Painter's address. Oh my goodness! But no, something I mean, tells like, me he has a good security system. So, because weirdos like Nick knows know where he lives. So. Oh, that's a really good way to call out somebody that's leaking addresses, has a good security system. Just call him. Yeah, that's the guy you want on your side, man. You ever heard Dane Cook? Remember that old joke he would say about if you got that one weird dude in the office, like make sure you give him a Snickers bar because oh, if he goes yeah. crazy, that's you want Nick. him to stop by your office and be like. Thanks for the candy, Dylan. If if I have trouble with somebody, I'm gonna send Nick after him. Not Chris. Wow, Chris is hurt. Oh, he did concrete work. I did. Of course, that's very that's very gritty. That's very Midwestern <laughs> grit of you. That's did. a good way to hide a body too. Wait, hey, I, listen. That's why I'm telling you. If we have beef with somebody, we'll send Nick as our security. I know we All say right. Chris is because he's a cop, but Nick is like our security uh, agent. When we go to games, he'll have like sunglasses and a radio in his ear he'll be set there you go love you well, Nick. we're, Nick's we're guys first 16 name minutes on, now. on the screen here so if anything happens uh... <laughs> yeah nick what are you doing you gotta go incognito <laughs> how do you know that's not incognito it could just be a, a fake name yeah <laughs> nick's nick is just getting himself in a heap of trouble we're, right? we're going we're going way off the rails here now uh, uh, nick's Frank, Dylan, you guys got anything else re- or do not uh, share the same opinion as the Boiler Express podcast. Okay, go ahead. What was that? This message is not approved. <laughs> yeah, we don't by approve the Boiler it, Express podcast. Yeah. Um, no, nothing else from me. Uh, excited, to, excited to get this W against Arizona. That's the last man, thing I'll say. Boiler up, hammer down, go Purdue. Boilers by a billion. All of the things. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Hey, you know, I I listen to a lot of podcasts, and at the end, they always tell people to give them five stars and nice review. Maybe do that, you know, maybe Nick, if you have a free second or Cody, you know, maybe give us a little five-star review and, you know, on Apple or Spotify or Carrier Pigeon, wherever you listen. Uh, we may or may not have upset some people who uh, yeah, they gave kinda, us a bunch of one-star reviews. They so. they sabotaged our reviews, but that's fine. You know, that I don't was, really know what reviews on Apple Podcasts do. I'm not really sure. I think they do the bump up reviews is. a little bit more. I may be wrong. I don't know. Nick's giving us approximately 39, 39 stars. We yep. appreciate that, yeah. Nick. Appreciate, appreciate that. You. He's half our views. Yeah, I mean, and, and for anyone anyone watching on YouTube, leave us a comment. Even if you think, even if the comment is like, it, it sucks. Dylan's dumb. You know? It's true. I yeah, am. Dylan's dumb. Yeah. And then shout and, out to and, Martin you know, Vintage. Martin Vintage. Use 10% at checkout. Use code BXP. There it is. That's why I don't host. Dylan's not dumb. He's just mid. I'm just mid. I Did you yeah. figure out, did one of your kids say that this week? And you're like, oh, what's that? What's that mean? Uh, a football podcast. Yeah. Oh, ooh, look at you young. branching out. Good yeah. for you, Russ. I didn't know what that meant until like until like this year. So yeah, Russ is out here right telling hello, fellow kids. Skateboard on his shoulder, backwards hat, <laughs> shades. He's already got the. What is that? What you do to above your head? You oh take, yeah, you guys want to hear that story? You take a spill. So I um I literally. Headbutted a Jeep door. So I, felt, <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> I was trying to play peekaboo with my daughter and try to try to throw the door open real fast and just literally rip this thing and it in my head. And literally by the time I got my hand to my eyebrow, it was just gushing blood. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that's not, not, that's not what I expected. It's not what I expected <laughs> I'm at so all. So happy I brought that up. Not, not, yeah. Oh, uh, what a way Great to kid. end the I show. I was like really trying to be all dark about it and covered up, and you're like, hey, 
What's that little Harry Potter looking thing you got on your eyebrow there? What's going on there? I thought your wife was finally getting tired of your shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally walked in the office uh, Monday morning, and one of the office ladies, who's, I mean, she's she's older lady, so it's really funny to hear her just go, what'd you do to make your wife mad? <laughs> Older than you? What is she, 110? Easy, Jesus. easy. You'd be nice to our office ladies. I'll, I'll I'm sure she's in. great. She's got anybody that's got to put up with you is a great human. <laughs> that includes us. <laughs> we are so far off. So hit, hit the end button, Frank. With hit the that, end button. With that, go Boilers. Let's get the dub over uh, Arizona. And, and uh, we, will, we will be recapping <laughs> the win. Uh, next Ooh, week. Oh, take that. Boom. Uh, everybody have a good night and uh, go boilers. Boiler up. Go hammer boilers. down. Never forget Rowdy. <laughs>